0: Welcome to the fourth episode of EastMol 2021 Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Armstone, and joining me as always is the Canadian who always points whenever he says the word pineapple, Logan Saunders. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. It's been a very busy week for Logan. 173, was it, students in seven days?
1: 153 students in each class is half an hour long, so... <laughs> That's a lot. There's like this weekly leaderboard that tracks how many points you have and contrasts everybody else in your region. And I asked around to what the top point totals were in other people's regions. And I have it on pretty good authority that out of my 100,000 co-workers, I worked more than anybody else over the past two weeks or so.
0: And I do not doubt this for a second.
1: <laughs> but somehow we're squeezing in time for Vidim. <laughs> Which is good for my sanity, but yeah, I don't. Nothing too exciting happened on my end. Um, yeah, it's been wake up, go for an hour walk in the daylight, teach, try to eat quickly during a break whenever that happens, and then sleep. And that's pretty much been my routine for two weeks.
0: And what an odd, odd of episode! I was kind of warned that it was a, a bit of a weird one, and I'm very confused by a lot of things in this episode.
1: Yeah, it's the first time I'm really, really trying to focus in on what was the mole doing and why did the mole fail this week? I like the episode. I like the odd episode where it just throws that wrench in where what? Every challenge succeeds and then you think, okay, if every challenge succeeded, then that means the group was able to block the mole from sabotaging. How did they do it? And the group is confused, too. I think the group is more confused than the audience after this episode.
0: I have a theory on how on how it ended up with them all being so bad this week. And I really enjoyed the episode because it was a very character episode and we trumpet a lot of episodes like this where it is just basically character scenes for the entire episode.
1: Yeah, again, we learn a we learn a lot about the characters. Well, the first photography challenge, you don't get much more character development from than that, where everyone's revealing their personal Nicknames and personality traits, and trying to capture them into pictures.
0: Yeah, and then there's just so many antics in that first challenge with the paternoster lifts. <laughs> so, previously, the final eight tried to escape hotel rooms to win money and yokers, but it was Charlotte and Renee who were first to escape. As they split into two groups, no one trusted Josh, leading to an uneasy truce between him and Florentine. Rocky blocked her group going for exemptions, resulting in a very good week for the contestants, but an even worse one for Florentine, as he was next to go home. And also, given they released this scene after we recorded last week's episode, I am led to believe there is a YouTube video of Josh admitting that he tried to steal Florentine's yokers last week. (laughs) Which is classic Josh.
1: Yeah, we're gonna get into some classic Josh antics very soon.
0: (laughs) Straight away, four episodes in... Is Josh the funniest character we've ever covered on a Vidum podcast? I think he probably is.
1: He's definitely in that top three, I would say.
0: We ironically mock people like Sinan, but I genuinely think Josh is more unintentionally hilarious than pretty much anyone we've heard on a Vidum podcast.
1: I don't think he realizes how ridiculous he's been. He just thinks that he's been viewed as suspicious, but not why. The group is just just doesn't know what to make of him. I don't think he understands that part of it yet.
0: I'm going to spoil this now. Josh is our banner again this week because there was something that was a split-second thing that made me absolutely
1: howl that he did in this episode. Was it when he may or may not have been peeking out from the elevator as it was going down?
0: Like he was Pennywise the Dancing Clown? Yes, it was. (laughs) It was the choice between him being Pennywise or Charlotte's what-the-fuck face. When um, Godzuki just completely ignores her. But I had to go with Josh because he just made me absolutely howl when he was essentially doing his Pennywise impression.
1: There's an exemption down here, kids.
0: I did tweet out a picture of Josh that we're using for our banner this week off my personal Twitter yesterday just saying, Hiya, Georgie. And it just made me giggle. I loved it so much. So Rick says that the group seems to share everything and work together well, irritating them all. They seem to be forgetting that they are each other's opponents. They have one more challenge in the old barter factory before heading back to Burno, where they will test how much they can really trust each other. The episode title is "Forsaying," and in case you'd forgotten that this was filmed during COVID times, there is a lot of mask wearing in the B-roll. Yes. Have you ever used a Paternoster lift? No, I have not. Have you ever encountered a Paternoster lift?
1: I don't think I have
0: because I think I said this on our group chat um, when I was watching the episode yesterday. Paternoster lifts are terrifying. I have only encountered one, and that was in Sweden. But they don't stop moving, and they are an absolute health and safety nightmare. And that's not an exaggeration. There's a genuine fear of getting beheaded when you're in a paternoster lift if you jump out at the wrong time.
1: Or if you jump out too late.
0: Yeah, if you jump out too late, then essentially you get stuck between the... uh, the roof and the floor of the, the lift compartment going up. And you get crushed. Because there's no way to stop it. There's no way to make it go backwards. As a feat of engineering, it's very impressive. As something you'd want to get in, not so much. <laughs> so Rick comes down in the Paternoster lift. He wants to test her general knowledge and asks Charlotte to name three cities beginning with B. Which he does very quickly. And he then says that he's looking for three people who want question lists, and four who want to give the answers to those questions. For each answer that they give, they will earn five euros for the pot, and completing the list earns them 50 euros. As treasurer and friend of Rick, Kodzuki gets to divide the groups. And he decides that Lakshmi, Rocky, and himself will ask the questions, and Charlotte, Renee, Josh, and Mariah will be answering the questions. This is going to be a question I'm going to ask a few times now. What would you do as mole in this challenge?
1: Um, probably be the person in charge of writing down the answers if I knew they weren't being checked over, because I think that's an easy way to get some Euros taken away.
0: I think there's an argument for that. I think there is also an argument for being in the lifts, especially as working on the assumption that Godzuki is in the mole here. The division of the group is completely taken out of your hands, which means that you have to have a, a strategy for being in the lift and being outside the lift. If you're in the lift, you just make sure... You never complete a list. Because that is where the real bonuses happen. As a mole, you want to minimise the amount of money in the pot. You don't necessarily want to make it zero, because that doesn't make for fun television. So you just keep chucking out five euro answers. You make sure that they never complete a list. As writer, you ask the wrong questions. You accidentally forget to write one down. There's probably a little bit more leeway in writing stuff down. But I think the mole probably went into this challenge thinking... I need a strategy
1: for either. It also doesn't help that one of the people responsible for writing down got executed and the other person is Rocky, so you're hesitant to believe the mole was in that group.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. If it isn't Godzuki, then it's someone who was in the lift, and I suspect it probably was someone in the left. personally.
1: Yeah, you can just toss out a bunch of 5-euro answers, as you said.
0: Yeah. Or, even better, the mole probably knows the answers to the questions, so then deliberately, accidentally answers wrongly like Charlotte did. Not that I think that Charlotte is a suspect it's this week's spoilers, but I think she probably had some of the weirder answers.
1: My favourite is, think of countries that start with the letter D, and Josh couldn't come up with a Vidim location. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you, you don't really watch V's The Mall, do you, when you can't think of Dominican Republic?
0: To be fair, he probably was in America at the time that season aired. Even though... Rocky did give him a massive hint and say, it's right next to Haiti. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's on Hispaniola. It's capital, Santo Domingo.
0: Hint, I can't actually write the answer down that I want to give. I can't actually tell you what the answer is, but for the love of God, Josh, think about it.
1: They play baseball.
0: So Rocky asks Josh for three countries beginning with a D. He names Germany and Denmark, but not Dominican Republic, despite her unsubtle hints. And she decides to ask the questions with the least answers first, which is... 100% 100% a contestant tactic, even if we didn't suspect that Rocky is not the mole by this point, that is how you play it as a contestant.
1: Yeah, she gave a... she went to above and beyond trying to be helpful with the other team. She is not trying to draw any suspicion to herself.
0: No, even stuff like asking the questions with the least answers first, though, because that then ensures that you get the €50 Euros very quickly, because you get €50 Euros no matter how many questions you complete, and no matter how many answers are asked to that question. So the correct tactic from a contestant point of view is hundred percent rattle through as many questions as you can with easy answers. So Charlotte gets three zoo animals beginning with an L. Renee shouts three clothing items with a J. And Mariah, when asked for three clothing items starting with an S by Godzuki, just keeps shouting the word scarf. <laughs>
1: Who was it with the weird stuff with the gummy lamp? Charlotte? Yeah, that was Charlotte and her gummy lamp in her living room. (laughs) (laughs) That's a gummy lamp.
0: This is another challenge where it's disadvantageous to not speak Dutch, because I think we'd probably find some of these answers a lot funnier if if we did speak fluent Dutch. And there's an added layer of, name three living room items starting with G, and I'm just going, um... I can't think of three in English,
1: yeah I can. i would be I'd be fine with the geography questions and the animal ones, but definitely not, yeah, well it would be something in a living room that starts with a g. no wonder she said gummy lamp, grandfather clock, yeah <laughs> that's five euros,
0: I don't know at what point they go, no, you wouldn't have that in a living room. Whether you would actually have to prove that Charlotte, for example, has a gummy lamp in her living room.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she's this gigantic gummy lamp in the centre of her living room. See? Well, I don't get why everyone was so thinking that was a weird answer.
0: But the funnier bit of Mariah constantly saying Scarf is the fact that this is the point where Godzuki completely ignores Charlotte, who's going up in the lift at the time, and she has a brilliant what-the-fuck face.
1: Have you ever seen that Family Guy episode where they play where Stewie plays Pictionary? No. Well, he just draws a picture, and then his partner keeps guessing jackal, jackal, jackal. It's a jackal, jackal, and then time runs out, and then Stewie says, if "It wasn't jackal the first time. It's not going to be jackal the fiftieth time."
0: Oh, that that just reminds me. You are the program taskmaster.
1: Uh, I've heard of, I've heard, I've heard you you talking about it, but I I've never watched it.
0: I'm pretty sure I talk a lot about it on our group chats. You need to watch it because it is very much the sort of thing you would enjoy. But there was a a challenge in, uh, in the series that finished uh, just before Christmas where you're in pairs, and you, it's basically Pictionary, but you can only draw one line at a time. And there is a brilliant scene of someone trying to draw a hippo that you need to watch because it will make you absolutely piss yourself. I'm going to have to try and find it afterwards. But it, it's just insane and that's all that this reminded me of basically so josh gets three fruits beginning with an a including his last one which is the dutch for pineapple same as the german for pineapple ananas
1: yeah i was like oh that's i know that that translation
0: yeah it's um it's very similar in both german and french which is a great one for me i actually would have got that one as well as ard by which is the german for uh for strawberry which he said as well Um, But when he says Ananas, he does also point at Godzuki, which just adds to the fun. Charlotte gets the three words ending in end, and Laxmi quickly discovers that not every lift has someone from their group in it, meaning that she's confronted with a Czech businessman. And she says it's not creepy at all, because all he does is just kind of stare dead-eyed at
1: her. What he he, uh, should do is, for the first two times that he passes by, just not say anything, then the third time just start shouting, Gummy Lamp! Gummy Lamp! Belgium! <laughs> chicken! Chicken!
0: <laughs> if it wasn't such a murderous row of banner potential this week, I probably would have accepted an argument to make him the banner this week, because he did make me laugh just with his dead-eyed stare.
1: Well, he confused the contestants because they're thinking, is he going to be a question where it's going to be a double or nothing situation? Because they've had challenges... I mean, we just had a challenge like that in a Renaissance where they had a random question about briefcases being passed.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can definitely tell the the curse of Renaissance slipping in here, I think. Because roughly about when they filmed or when they went to Czechia, Vidom would have started airing Renaissance. So they may have seen that episode and gone. We need to just be wary of a hidden hidden agenda here.
1: Yeah, he, uh, yeah and I'm, uh, luckily they didn't do that, because I find that to be a bit of a dumb way to make the group lose money from the pot for something they had no control over.
0: I would have lost my shit if they'd done that. I would have been so annoyed at them.
1: Yeah, what did the businessman have on his lapel? That would have sucked. <laughs>
0: Honestly, I would have ranted and raved on this podcast if they'd done that twist again, because I hated it in Italy so much.
1: <laughs> and the group earns a lot more money than I was expecting.
0: Yeah, annoyingly, we don't actually get the breakdown of who earned money here and on whose board, but they earn 1,145 euros of a possible 2,250 for the challenge. Rick says they had a lot of correct answers, but not a lot of complete lists. And we do actually end the challenge before we find out that it's €1,145, Euros, with Josh just completely and utterly ignoring Rocky's questions, grinning at her and going, I'm not going to answer, and then just disappearing down. Which I believe might be the scene where uh, where we get the Pennywise the Dancing Clown from. I can't remember whether it was her or Godzuki that he, uh, he did the Pennywise act
1: to. And this is what made me, this scene is what made me think Lakshmi or Rocky were going to be executed this episode, because out of nowhere, it's revealed that they've had this alliance since day one.
0: Yeah, as soon as you see an alliance scene, you either think, these people are going far together, or these people are going to get split up real soon. So, I was kind of in the tunnel that Rocky was probably going to go home, because I'm very glad Lakshmi went home, given I was kind of starting to suspect her this week a little bit. She was slightly suspicious in all three of these challenges to me. So I was very glad she went, but as soon as you see this Rocky and Lexmy scene you go, well they've not told us anything about this in the past three episodes. We didn't even know they roomed together in the first episode. So one of them's probably going home here.
1: Yeah, and those two have had the least amount of airtime out of everybody since the start of the game. So you think, hmm, you always hear about Charlotte, you hear about Mariah, you definitely hear about Josh. Uh, you hear about Splinter, Godzuki, and then uh, and then of course you have Renee. so you're thinking, hmm, Lakshmi and Rocky, I think one of you is going home by the end of this episode. To what extent do you think
0: that they looked out with the boot order here? Because we're halfway through people going home. We're halfway through our pool people going home, and it feels like we've not actually lost anyone I'm devastated about yet.
1: Which is pretty impressive for four episodes in.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. They don't usually get this lucky with the big characters all making it towards the end. Because, let's be honest, next week's probably going to be a non-elimination. I am going to guess someone to go home next week just on the off chance it isn't a non-elim. But if it isn't, then the week after has to be because they'll be down to five people then. And I feel like They got really lucky with this boot order. They got really lucky with a lot of things this season, like the pandemic actually being a benefit for them because they've had to focus on stuff being creative again. The casting, I think it's a fun cast, but it always does tend to be a fun cast. But you usually have a big loss early on and you go, oh, they got really unlucky there. We had such missed potential with that
1: person going home early.
0: Whereas I don't think you can say this in, especially the first three boots, I don't think you can say it in the first four.
1: Yeah, Remco and Florentine didn't really jump off the screen and Eric didn't really either. Sorry, dudes.
0: Yeah, Florentine had one good episode in the premiere and made me laugh a lot. And then Josh took over and made me laugh more. So I'm kind of not that devastated that Florentine went.
1: And then, really, that first challenge was the biggest hit, even though they still got more than 50% of the money into the pot from that challenge. Because from these next two challenges, they only missed out on 200. 200 euros euros total. Yeah. So
0: in the Rocky and Lakshmi scene, they say they both suspect Josh is number one and Mariah is number two. Rocky says she was in an enormous tunnel with Florentine, so needs a bit of information from Lakshmi. And then Rick meets him for the second challenge in Burno. Five of them have to take pictures around the city that represent themselves and their fellow candidates without any people in. No reflections, no names, and no job references. They have to be in black and white and landscape. The other two will go to an exhibition in the nearby park and have to match the photos to the candidates. They will start off with €200 for the correct answer. can flip one picture for each board. Any picture that they flip after that has to cost them €50. As treasurer and friend of Rick, Godzuki gets to choose who the two people who will be judging are, and he chooses Charlotte and Mariah. The photographers have 30 minutes, and as I said, they can earn €1,400 for the pot. What would you do as mole in this challenge?
1: Try to justify taking confusing photos, or justify flipping extra boards when you don't need them.
0: Yeah. Obviously, I'm deep in a Mariah tunnel here. I feel like Mariah did play like a mole on the boards, because she was constantly trying to get Charlotte to just flip one more.
1: Yeah, I noticed that too, that really jumped out to me this week, where she said, oh, we just need to flip another board, it's only 50 euros more, we're not we're not certain it's that person. And then they flipped another board, and sure enough, it's exactly who Charlotte thought it was.
0: Yeah, there was one point where she, she literally said, it's basically free. And it's like, mm, that's what a mole would say. That is 100% how a mole would play I feel like if the mole was just given free choice, they would want to be on the board here. Because for all the vagueness that a photographer can do, the mole can only affect a fifth of that challenge in the position of photography.
1: That's right, and they don't even know if their photo is ever going to be flipped.
0: No, the photos did all get flipped in the end because there is a secret scene on on the YouTube of everyone looking at the rest of the pictures. But you can't rely on your photo getting flipped as a photographer, so you kind of have to push to be in the board if possible. So, Lakshmi says she normally tries to make her photos pretty, but now has to make them practical. No artistic bullshit.
1: As she has a gun pointed at a teddy bear.
0: She's the terror bunny, alright. The terror bunny. (laughs) Whatever it was. Rocky, Lakshmi and Josh himself all take a picture for Josh as a horse because apparently he's a show pony. Renee nips into a shop and steals Marsbar Mars bar and promises (laughs) to bring money back later. As only Renee can do. Uh, We also find out that Mariah is religious, so Godzuki takes a picture of the shadow of a cross, because she's not necessarily devotedly Christian anymore, apparently. Um, And then we get the the best subplot of this entire episode for me, which is Renee and Josh just roasting each other. (laughs) Because Renee's picture for Josh is a picture of a bin, because he's a bit of a trash can. And Josh unintentionally takes my favorite photo of the entire thirty-five when he takes a picture of a dead flower arrangement for Renee.
1: He then is, and he says, "I took the the picture of those memorial flower arrangements because Renee is the oldest, but still beautiful."
0: Because Renee is the oldest and therefore probably closest to death. <laughs>
1: It's like, man, I don't know which one I would want to be, the the dead flowers or the trash can.
0: I actually had to pause the episode at this point because I was laughing so hard at Josh, unintentionally really insulting Renee when he takes pictures of some dead flowers for her because that's what he associates
1: with her. Can you imagine just walking with somebody and pointing at a trash can saying, hey, that reminds me of you. (laughs) You remind me of that full trash can because you are complete garbage.
0: I'm not sure whether it is worse to be walking past a, a bin with someone and they go, "Oh, you remind me of a trash can," or walking walking past a memorial and someone going, "You remind me of those dead flowers."
1: Even after the season is over, when one of them is on a stroll or Renee's on a stroll through the street, she's like, "Oh, I really gotta, really gotta throw away this uh, chocolate bar wrapper," and then she's about to throw it away and looks at the trash can. Mm, I miss Josh.
0: The even better thing is, Renee completely no-sells it in the secret scene. You'd think when they flip over this um, Dead Flowers picture that Renee would be like, the fuck are you doing? And she just completely goes, okay, and then just kind of walks off. It's brilliant. (laughs) So Lakshmi goes looking for babies as Charlotte loves babies. And I kind of was suspicious of Lakshmi for this one and another one fairly soon, because do babies count as people? Rick specifically said no people for any of the pictures.
1: She must have asked for a clarification.
0: Yeah, that's the sort of thing where if she hadn't gone home this week, I probably would have put some points on her just going, you're being a little bit weird here. Because later on, she takes a picture of sunflowers as their colour is the same as Mariah's hair, but specifically, Rick said the pictures were in black and white, so you can't really associate a colour with someone.
1: Or when, what was it, Josh takes a picture of the tree? Yeah. It's green like Lakshmi's hair. Uh, it's black and white, dumbass. <laughs> or uh, who was it? Rocky took a picture of a bear that looked like it was struggling to hear. Yeah,
0: because Renee's old <laughs> and then struggles to hear. Like this challenge just turned out to be the roast of Renee. Basically, it's like Renee, you're old. You remind me of dead flowers. <laughs> also, you're deaf. You remind me of this bear that's missing an ear. If anything, that
1: should remind people of Vander Holyfield or Mike Tyson.
0: And then, of course, Josh ends this challenge. We get some wonderful scenes of Rocky being like, I've got 50 minutes left and I've taken all my photos. I'm absolutely fine. And then we just cut to Josh at the end going, I forgot to take a picture. Oopsies.
1: What's funny is that he forgets about the person who's been the most under-edited up to this point in the season. I like how long it also took them to figure out who he missed. But they're like, wait, who'd you miss? And he's like, I don't know who I missed. Oh, let's see, let's see. We got Charlotte, Mariah. Uh, we got Anne from Arrested Development. Huh? Purple Kelly from Survivor. We have Rocky. We have Josh. Oh, I forgot you, Lakshmi.
0: The best thing is, there is a very real chance that Mariah and Charlotte could have flipped over what would have been Josh's picture for Lakshmi, and just seen a picture of the mole logo. Because that's what they replaced it with. (laughs) So Renee takes a picture of eyeliner for Laxmi. Rocky takes a picture of a gun and a stuffed bunny for Charlotte because she's a terror bunny. Apparently Charlotte and Josh are the coffee snobs of the group. And then, as I said, Josh does end the challenge by forgetting to take a picture for Laxmi. And there are five photos on each board. They can turn over one for free, and then each one after that costs €50. Once they've placed a name tag on a board, they can't go back. And if they place a wrong name tag... It will cost them €250. They turn over one photo and then place the tag for Godzuki. The next one is Lakshmi's sunflowers and they think it's a favourite flower thing, not a reference to Mariah's hair. Then they flip over Josh's photo for Mariah and realise that it's her. Mariah tries to convince Charlotte to turn over more photos, as it's basically free. And they decide on Renee for the third board after a second photo. They work out Charlotte from Coffee and Chocolate. Trees and eyeliner lead them to Lakshmi. They place Josh's name tag without flipping anything over, and they flip over one photo just for funsies, and it's Josh's horse, so he's correct. And they earn €1,200 of a possible €1,400.
1: And then we get Josh reading children's books on a bus.
0: Maybe Josh is just taking James Holtzauer's uh, advice and training for Jeopardy, and he's just reading kids' books on subjects.
1: You never know, he really wants to do that elevator challenge again, so he does better with general knowledge questions.
0: Yeah. So, on day eight, they are heading in the bus to a new location. Godzuki says that Czechia is like a fairy tale land. And then Rick says that they're heading to Bohemia, near to Prague, but not going near to Prague really. And the final challenge of the episode takes place at Velka America, which, having quickly googled it, is basically the Czech equivalent of the Grand Canyon mother look of things. And they have forty five minutes to collect tubes with money which are hanging from a rope. They have to transport flaming torches to burn the rope, and to reach them, they'll need a raft which is locked up. Under the raft is information about which tubes contain money and which contain minus money, they can earn up to €2,000 in this challenge. Josh says beforehand that he knows that they don't trust him as a group, but he's good under the water, and Godzuki tells him that if he screws up again, he'll be staying underwater.
1: Yeah, Josh does an interesting strategy here of having the whole challenge hinge on him. He takes complete control. There is no room for anyone else to interfere with what Josh wants.
0: This is a very classic mole challenge, I will say. And in any other version with a mole who isn't having such a bad episode, you would definitely have seen a massive sabotage in this challenge. But the problem is, this group is very good at having the right person take charge. Because... They were backed into a corner with Godzuki taking charge in the first two challenges, and then Josh runs the show on this one, because he really has something to prove, that he wants everyone to trust again, because he's finally realised that maybe after eight days of dicking around with these people, maybe they don't trust him as much as they did. And it's really interesting.
1: And then you have Rocky in the group, who you know is never going to let anybody try to do something for their own self-interest, so... And the fact that people have been giving yokers to each other to honour certain deals. Like, I don't know. I don't know too many moles who could be able to sabotage in a group like this. I don't think casting really aims to try and find a group of people who are really eager to work together and not really mess with anybody else. Because, yeah, this is one of those rare cases where you have a group that just genuinely wants to win each challenge and not go for exemptions too much.
0: Here's how moles would do this challenge, because the key bit is definitely making sure that that raft does not go to the correct place. So number one, you make those ropes as tangled as possible and as confused as possible for when people are pulling on them. Number two, just as they start to get to the right place and um, start burning the rope, you pull on your rope and you move it. Because this has literally been a mole sabotage before. It's one of the more famous Mole UK 2 sabotages was very similar to what I've just described one of the first challenges they had to do was there were bags floating down the river and someone attached to a rope had to try and grab them because they contained money or camping gear for the night or a key to the uh, to the lodge that they could stay in and that sort of stuff. And what the mole would do is, when they got near to a useful bag, they just tug the rope and nobody could tell it was them. And it stopped them getting so much useful stuff. And then they ended up having to swap the money that they'd earned for luxuries for the night. So this is literally something that a mole has done before.
1: Yeah, and I mean, there was ways for the mole to try and sabotage this, but for whatever reason, like, this challenge isn't even close to being sabotaged, because they were given 45 minutes, and I think they had 14 minutes left and had all the tubes, I think?
0: Yeah. I mean, this challenge was reasonably easy. I don't think they expected everyone to kind of appropriately blaze through the entire challenge. But... It was far too easy. There were only three fake tubes and they were in a reasonably recognisable pattern.
1: Yeah, I'm very curious what production had in mind because they don't make challenges this easy and even the contestants are saying, oh, do we just chill here for the next 10 minutes?
0: (laughs) Do we just admire the scenery? Yeah. (laughs) I think the one downside about... A sabotage with the ropes, like I said, is you would have to make sure that they'd been swapped around a few times, and people couldn't necessarily tell who was pulling because it was far too individual on those ropes for you to actually be able to tell if anyone was sabotaging.
1: Because on the surface, heading into the challenge, I'm thinking they're for sure going to lose this. There's no way they're going to pass this challenge. They're going to lose some money, but they get the ropes to undone very quickly. I thought the trickiest part was getting the rafts, the like getting the torch underneath to burn the rope. I thought that's going to be a bit more, uh, a lot more sensitive to where I could see it more easily tugging on the rope and it going all over the place and not being able to get the tubes. But that seemed to go pretty quickly. And then Josh had it on lockdown being underwater saying, nope, even if, even if Charlotte swims in, Mariah swims in, whoever swims in here, nope, I'm not letting anybody dissuade me from where I think the, the tubes are. Well,
0: there's a, A brilliant um, sabotage and a similar challenge to this in South Africa, the uh, the Vidim season, where it's the final four, I think. And there's a challenge where they're in this like abandoned warehouse thing. And there's loads of ropes strung over it. And like a, a weight attached to the ropes in the middle of the room. And they have to go to different rooms and pull on these, on the rope to be able to drop this lead weight into a valuable vase, basically. And all the mole did was do the exact opposite of what they were supposed to do, because nobody could watch them. So they were pulling when they shouldn't have been, they were pushing when they shouldn't have been, and made the challenge much more difficult. And that's what I think they were trying to do with this challenge, but they made it far too easy. Because if I'm not mistaken, even if they'd picked up every tube, they still would have earned €500 from this challenge.
1: Yeah, I can't remember how all the deductions were.
0: I think all the deductions were €500, and there were only three of them. So I think they were pretty much guaranteed to get 500 euros even if they burnt everything.
1: Which is what Charlotte was trying to get them to do. But Josh said, nope, that's not happening. And I'm thinking, can Charlotte be the mole anymore if she was putting herself that out there and just got rejected so hard? I don't think a mole would try to do that blatant of a sabotage and get completely shut down in the process. Otherwise, that's a hard fail.
0: If Charlotte is the mole, she wasn't nearly subtle enough in that challenge. <laughs> and I wonder whether you spotted something interesting in Ritz's introduction to this challenge. Because when he's speaking to the contestants, he says something very
1: interesting. No, I, not, not with when he was talking to the contestants, no. So
0: when he's talking to the contestants, he, I think it's the very first thing he says is, water and fire go together like moles and candidates. And literally two minutes later... Mariah, who we've already seen associated with fire in this episode, says that she hates water. She hates everything about water.
1: Yeah, Mariah jumped on my suspect list this episode. It's Mariah and, Mariah and Renee is my top two.
0: Yeah, it's the same for me, actually. It's the same top two I've had uh, for three weeks now, is Mariah
1: and Renee. Yeah, because Josh, I can't take Josh seriously still. Charlotte, uh, Charlotte just really ruled herself out with whatever the hell she was trying to do at the end of this thinking if she's the mole, that's the worst attempt at a mole sabotage I've ever seen. I, Cause a mole knows when to back off. I'm thinking would, would she force herself to do that? If this is the third challenge in a row that's supposed to succeed, because if she doesn't sabotage it, then people are going to say, well, the mole didn't even try to sabotage the challenges this week or for most of the season. Because when we get to the execution, Rick says, Oh, you guys have won just over €10,000 out of a possible 20000 And I'm thinking, that's a really, really high percentage for Venom. Usually it's about 25 or 20% at the most. I think we've had like 16% before in recent memory.
0: Well, there, there was some chatter about whether it's Godzuki after this week. But I don't think you can argue that Godzuki is the mole when he was in charge of those first two challenges and didn't do anything really to sabotage them properly.
1: He could have put together much worse groups that would have kept a lot more money out of the pot.
0: Even if he was writing down wrong answers, he can only contribute a third of that. And the best position for a mole to be is on those boards, and to keep spending money, to quote-unquote guarantee that €250 doesn't come out of the pot every time. But he chose to be a photographer, and he chose to be a question asker, and that is a position where you literally only control a third of the money at most. I don't think a mole would put themselves there. At most, he's responsible for €750 Euros in that first challenge. And I feel like a mole would want to be moving between the levels and screwing with as many people as possible.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's, anyways, they're successful this episode. They got the €2,000. Euros. I've never seen that much money earned in Bidom, and just such a blatant blowout by the contestants.
0: It makes me think there's going to be a chance for the mole to absolutely decimate the pot soon, because they're on a lot of money at this point.
1: They have more money than what they usually have by the end of the season, and we still got another four episodes to go, I think.
0: We're four episodes into this season, and they already have enough money to beat Columbia after nine episodes. Columbia is the record low at about ten thousand one hundred and fifty euros, something like that. Yeah. By the end of this episode they're on ten thousand four hundred and ninety five euros of possible twenty thousand three hundred and fifty for the season so far.
1: Yeah that's the the mole is not doing their job. No. <laughs> Which I don't mind. I think especially during COVID it's it's refreshing to see it's refreshing to see a season where the contestants just get to do well and they all work together well as a group. And the It's nice to know that the mole can't be completely invincible during a season.
0: It's more of a Belgian vibe when that happens.
1: Yeah, well, at least the Belgian vibe is they have a chance to earn a lot more money and they can still miss out on a lot too, where there's a higher grand prize.
0: The group seems to be getting along very well, and they seem to be being reasonably successful in... Sort 70-80% of the challenges which is much more of a Belgian trope than Fidham which traditionally they do well in maybe 20% of the challenges and usually hate each other by the end it goes back to what Rick said at the start of the episode which is have they not realised they're each other's opponents yet and it's like well don't break up the good vibes, the good vibes is good TV for this season it's part of the reason why four episodes into this season I have a good read on the season is the fact that You kind of get the impression that everyone likes each other, and we like everyone left, and that's not a bad thing. You don't want everyone to be antagonistic towards each other, because too much drama is just exhausting at times.
1: But yeah, it's just nice to have this refreshing season right now. Especially the mess that was Renaissance, with a lot of bad production decisions.
0: As much as I don't want to be like, oh, we just want good vibes during the pandemic, it's nice to watch a season of television where everyone doesn't want to burn each other's faces off. And it's nice to also see that maybe vidim producers know what they're doing again. Because as you said, Renaissance, it was all right for the first half of the season and it went off a cliff for the second half of the season. China, as much as we love Rob as a mole, China was exhausting at times. Colombia, Yes, it was a reserved location, but Columbia was not the best season. We haven't had a good season since Georgia. So it's nice to know that despite the obvious issues that they went through with even trying to film this season, they do kind of still know what they're doing, and I hope they actually learn the right lessons from this season. So a couple of little bits from the Raft Challenge, because we did just kind of yada yada over it. Um, the only real intrigue is to whether Mariah and uh, Charlotte can actually trust... Trust Josh and they do end up trusting him, and they're right too because they do earn all 2,000 euros of possible 2,000 for the challenge, 4,345 of a possible 5,650 for the episode, and 10,495 of a possible 20,350 for the season so far. And I also love how they try their damnedest end the last challenge to hide the brand of the wetsuits by putting duct tape over everything, and by about halfway through the challenge, Charlotte's has already peeled off. And it makes me laugh. Josh and Godzuki get a scene together where they decide that they have to meet up at night to catch up in their bond. It is important that nobody knows about the bond. Which makes me think that that's going to be actually a, a major storyline for the rest of the season. Yay! So it's now time for the test. 20 questions on the identity and actions of the mole. Whoever knows least goes home except for the mole who can never go home. Only Renee still has a yoker. Rocky thinks that it's not Laxmi, Charlotte, or herself. With Renee, she feels like she's acting and could be the mole. Mariah says the time to spread is over. It is episode four. Terrible tactics.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, are you the mole or are you going to be executed within the next two episodes?
0: As soon as she said that, I'm like, I'm just sitting here going, I know I need to make a note of this. And I know Logan is going to be absolutely livid that she said that.
1: (laughs) You don't spread when there's still seven people left
0: because it's kind of both of opposite buttons on this podcast. Is anyone saying, "Oh, the time to spread's over"? I I don't want to spread anymore. It's like, well, don't run before you can walk.
1: Yeah, you don't go. Yeah, you don't go all in when there's still seven.
0: Spread until you're confident. <laughs>
1: yeah, spread until final five if you have to.
0: It's not a a Kathy or a Davy situation where you can pretty much. Pin people from week one, you do kind of have to take a breath and go maybe I need to spread a little bit more. Because even Lloyd didn't stop spreading until episode three or four, I think. Spoilers for the first three Belgian Mole Uh Godzuki would be one of the best moles ever, but he isn't the mole. It is either Charlotte or Josh. If Lakshmi had to pick, she says that it is Josh, Mariah, or maybe Charlotte. Josh says he's in a severe Renee tunnel. Renee says the mole sometimes has to do their best at challenges, and the mole has. She plays her yoker. Charlotte says she doesn't know to spread over. Godzuki is suspicious in the lift, Renee was suspicious in the water, and Godzuki was suspicious in the photo challenge. And Godzuki thinks that the mole is female. It could be Rocky, Renee, or Charlotte. He trusts Mariah and Lakshmi. At the execution, Rocky, Godzuki, and Charlotte all get green screens before Lakshmi goes home. And she says to Rick at the end that she spread too little, she was fooled by the mole, and she doesn't want to go home.
1: Then spread on the quest. <laughs> <laughs> we had two people in a group of seven go all in on one suspect. Yikes.
0: So next time, Renee sees someone floating, Charlotte paints, someone swims in the toilet, Rick has an offer of knowledge, and everyone takes a train to the elimination station.
1: We have four people in a row who have been eliminated because they went all in on a suspect. That might be a record.
0: (laughs) Essentially, these people are lovely and very friendly, but they're idiots.
1: (laughs) At least they worked well together as a group. They have that going for them this season. Better than almost any other group in Vidim history.
0: So now the section I know you've been waiting for me to say. It's time to talk about our predictions, Paul.
1: Oh, did I? I, I had Lakshmi, didn't I? I'm very
0: proud of myself for not even mentioning this until five minutes before the end. With Lakshmi going home, Logan's team is no more for the second season on the trots. My team is still Josh, Mariah, and Godzuki, and Michelle's is still Charlotte, Renee, and Rocky. And I say second season on the trot because I'm counting China as a real season and Renee Sons as an experiment. Only one person in our first suspicions list had Lakshmi in last, and that was Peter. No one, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, had her as their first suspect. Only Mariah and Charlotte are now more suspicious to us than the group as a whole. The order is Mariah with 2.33 out of 6, Renee with 3.17, Godzuki 3.75, Charlotte and Rocky both on 3.93, and we have Charlotte ahead on 3.4 and Rocky at 4.13, and then Josh bringing up the rear as always, with 4.08. I am trying desperately not to gloat too much that, yet again... Your team has gone. Seven, eight, nine. <laughs> I tried. You tried. You're very trying. But sadly, Logan, me, or Michelle are going to win this season again.
1: So we have the same top two suspects. I don't even need a top three.
0: Yeah. Well, you can't have a top three anymore. We've got six people left. So, yeah. We both, as we said earlier, suspect Mariah and Renee in that order. For me, it's been a gut feeling all season. I was tossing up between. Florentine and Mariah in week one and I went with Mariah and I'm glad I did she is still inherently suspicious she at least tried to sabotage this week and not in a blatantly obvious like Charlotte way she very subtly sabotaged the photo exhibit challenge and at least made sure that they didn't get all of the money in that one even if it was only 200 euros she managed to steal she was a victim of Godzuki being in charge of the first two challenges I would say. Because if it was a group decision I feel like she would have sabotaged a lot more than she did. If she's the mole.
1: Yeah. She's doing the best she can with how well the group is working together.
0: My gut feeling is that they're not going to end up still having 10,495 euros by the end of next week. I think the mole is going to find a way to at least take a few thousand euros off next week, especially if it is, as I suspect, a non-elimination episode. I'm very interested to see how Rocky's going to deal with people spending money out of the pot for knowledge, as I'm assuming that second challenge is, and she's going to deal with the non-elimination episode where, potentially, people are going to be thinking for themselves.
1: Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Who knows, maybe that first first challenge of tricking everybody made everybody too afraid to go for selfish needs to take money out of the pot.
0: We might end up with a Georgia situation where producers literally have to beg them to take a non-elimination episode. Which is still one of my favourite recurring subplots in, in any show we've ever watched, because it was brilliant. But I feel like next week's probably going to be a non-elimination. If it isn't, I think Rocky's going to go home. I've said this for three weeks on the chart now. But she is by far the the outlier in this cast in terms of people I think call the mole, and people I think can win. And I feel like if you take Rocky out of that group, people are going to be a lot more selfish, and it's much more conducive for a mole to play.
1: I think, I think Charlotte might go next week.
0: To be perfectly honest, as long as it's someone from Michelle's team who goes next, I don't really care, because at least I'm guaranteed someone in the top three. Being purely selfish now. <laughs> Have you got anything else you want to say?
1: Uh, no. I think I'm good.
0: I have actually just remembered one more thing I had to say. Um, I did quickly check before we started recording what the um, Netherlands suspicions are. The Netherlands have Charlotte and Mariah both on 20%, Godzuki and Josh both on 16%, Renee on 15%, and Rocky on 13%. And it appears, according to social media, that Renee got herself run over yesterday. What? She has
1: a broken wrist. And a split lip. Sabotage.
0: Sinan Chan was seen escaping the scene. Yeah,
1: Sinan was behind the wheel of the car.
0: Sinan reversed back over just to make sure.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sabotage. I'm gonna sabotage the Czech Republic season by running over a contestant several months after filming is over. Sabotage. Sinatage. <laughs>
0: So, thank you for listening to our v all recap. We'll be back next week to continue the hunt for the newest mole in Czechia. Don't forget you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram where we are, rtvwarriors. You can email us and contact us at rtvwarriors.com Logan's on Twitter at Logsipokoeki and I'm MJ Harmstone. Thank you as always to Marika for the subtitles, and we'll see you next week.
1: Peace out and just chill till the next of
0: flavoring Not creepy at all.